Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Perano. Today's guest, Paul Easton, joins the show from Drills and Skills. We talk hoops, we talk life. Let's dive right in with Paul. Now, how do you, how do you keep your team so motivated um, day in and day out, even with a long season? Um, well, I mean, right now, I, you know, I'm not coaching any team in particular. I, I'm just around certain teams who I come in and do work with them. Okay. Um, and How do you motivate just, your players? Yeah, with them, I mean, it's really it's really buying into the seasons. Like, for example, a lot of my pro clients, when they come home from overseas, mostly Europe, I don't want to see them for two weeks. Like, I tell them, take a week off, take possibly two weeks off, and then come back at it. And a lot of them are eager to get back at it, but again, it's rest, it's seeing your family, things like that. And then once they come in, we talk about, you know, what did you, what do you need to work on? And we'll start putting a plan together. And of course, we're always shooting, always trying to develop new things. And then once they start getting closer to when they have to leave again, we start really turning up the intensity, more game-related stuff, bringing extra defenders, stuff like that. And then with younger players, it's the same thing. Like you, in the summer, we're going to get a lot of shots up. We're going to try and expand your range or create a new move for you or something like that. But in season, it's more about staying sharp. Because I tell a lot of a lot of players, when you're in season with your team, your coach isn't going to do a lot of skill work because they're focused on team strategy. You know, putting a new press break or perfecting the offense. So it's your job to make sure you're staying sharp with your ball handling, with your shooting, with your finishing. So during the season, we're not, I don't want to say not going as hard, but we're, we're, we're different in terms of what we're looking for. Okay. So I got, a, I got a good question for you. So let's say a kid comes to you, and let's say he's, oh gosh, I don't know, anywhere from 7th grade to 11th grade. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's a blank canvas. You don't know what he's got. Um, obviously, you know, the kid has some skills because he's coming to you. He's not a, you know, um, kind of a noob at the sport. You know, he's, he's been around the block, obviously. What do you do with the blank canvas when you have about two months of summer? Like, for instance, my son only has seven weeks. He doesn't even have eight weeks. And so everybody's always like, oh, it's, you got, you got all summer, Andre. What are you, what are you going to do, coach, with, with, with Elijah? What are you going to do? How are you going to get him better? Well, I already tell I tell myself and I tell everybody else, we grind five or six days a week. Right now, we got about seven weeks. What we're gonna focus on is just strictly conditioning, and that's it. The guy gets up his shots. He gets he gets his dribbling in. He works with his skills trainers. He works with me. What do you do with a blank canvas when you got about six to eight weeks? What's your number one thing you're going to? Number one, well, first of all, I'm picking two or three things. Okay. I'm not trying, to, not trying to throw everything at them. I'm probably picking two things to get better at. Like, I always have to look at the person's size or speed, how I would see them perform in a game. But for me, I'm probably looking on handling the basketball and making shots. We're going to try to make them a consistent shooter in terms of skill-wise. Make them a consistent shooter and then focus on being able to handle the pressure and make moves to go by a defender. Beautiful. And I would break that down, you know, week by week, and hope we'd get some sort of consistent plan going on, but building it up as the weeks progress. Okay. Now, now with with a kid like that, how do you preach or teach the building blocks for the mental toughness of the game? Well, with that, I think once 
big believer in once you have the skill set then and that's building it up, you know, going at your speed to get comfortable with it, then you start pushing them into a game speed, making them feel uncomfortable. And one thing I talk about all the time is breaking the player's rhythm. I see so many players, and it's a good thing, don't get me wrong, they're in the gym and they're on the shooting gun or they have a passer and they're, they're shooting 25 shots, 50 shots from the same spot. And there's no real game intensity, there's no game speed in it, there's no defender, they're just in the same spot going motion after motion. Credit to them, they're in the gym, they're getting shots up, that's good. But for me, once you have that player who's performing at a good level, you have to try and break the rhythm. Because one of the toughest things to do in a game is get in rhythm. There's defenders, there's a flow of the game, there's certain zones and defenses. So I really try and mix it up, going from spot to spot, catching off a hop and shoot, you know, catching off a one-two step, right. coming off the back facing to the basket, having a defender trailing you. I've even got creative lately, and I'll have the player sit in a chair, and they have to spring up off the chair, catch it, and hop into their shot. Or have the players jump 180, turn back around 180 for balance and control, and rise up. I'm really trying to break their shot. So instead of shooting 25 shots from one spot, I'm having you shoot 25 shots from five different spots. Then I'm adding off the dribble. I'm having a defender, you know, raise a, a pad. Something like, I really want to try and break your rhythm. So we're always trying to find ways to make it more game-like. That's the biggest thing. Once they have the, the skill down and they start building their confidence, you want to try and really challenge them and turn up the intensity. Nice. Okay, so with basketball, obviously you're going to also teach these life lessons, which I'm hearing. What life yes. lessons do you teach? Well, that's honestly from week to week it changes. And I think I'm still learning life lessons. And I think <laughs> anything that I think anything I can share with them it, it is a plus. And I, I think for me, I'm so big on positive thoughts, positive energy, you know, and just finding ways to really go after your dream, go after your goal. Be realistic, be kind, be humble, you know, believe in your spiritual, whatever it may be, but really go, go after what you want, but in a good, positive way. So I'm all about hard work. Um, like, for example, I was preaching, um, I use the word preach, but I was preaching tonight, you know, all about, um, there was a shooter, and every time she was shooting, she's a really good shooter, but every time she shot, I could hear her put herself down. Like, she was like, you know, oh, oh. You know, drat or or whatever. Every time she missed a shot, or she was like off, and she was talking to herself, and she's like, "Come on!" And she's talking to herself. And I stopped her, and I said, "You're beating yourself up. You're missing the shot, and then you're just beating yourself up. You're so focused on your miss and what you're not doing right, you can't focus. You can't refocus on what you should be doing." I said, "You've got to talk good to yourself. Yes. If you're missing." Focus on two things. Let me say legs and hand under the ball. Everyone's got different things in their shooting technique. They pick two things, and if you're not shooting it well, just say those two things. But you've got to be positive to yourself. I tell these kids, you know, life is hard enough. You've got to focus on being good to you. Be realistic, but be good to yourself. Everyone has negative thoughts and doubts, whether it's their game, their schoolwork, their relationships, their family, life. But you've got to find a way just, just to focus on you, I said it today, you can't be excellent and entertain your negative thoughts. It's one or the other. Mm. And I really, want, I really want young people to try and find that way, you know, to try and strive for whatever they want to be. Absolutely. So. I love that. 
I remember um, I went to a shooting clinic with a guy by the name of Dave Hoppe. And I'll never forget him. Famous shooting coach. And he told me and everybody else, do not be negative in your shot, just like you said. He says, every time that ball touches your hands and you're going to launch it up for a shot, there's only one vision that you think of in one word is swoosh. Yep, that yep. is it. If you can't give yourself a positive thought, swoosh, you're never going to make it. Not, oh, geez, I ple please let me just hit rim. You know, like, some that's negative. Please just mm -hmm. let me hit rim. He's like, it's always got to be swoosh. And as soon as he said that, it hit me so hard. I preached that. I mean, I'm, I'm 39 years old now. I preached that every time. My son does the same thing. Off, brick. And I'm just like, think swoosh. Think swoosh. I say it all the time to my program. All the time. So I love it, Coach. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Okay, so in this, I got a, a couple of uh, fun, fun questions, okay? We're almost oh, wrapping sure. it up here. So what do you fear in life? Good question. Good question. Um, apart from getting older, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, mm, that's a great question. I'm going to try and, try and thank you. And there's obviously, there's always, I don't want to say fears, there's always small things that you, you think about, you know, Absolutely. and it could be a possible fear. But I think what I truly fear in life, I mean, apart from anything happening to my family, you know, um, right. anything horrible comes to my family, I think honestly, and this, I hope it doesn't offend anybody, just kind of being boring and, and not going after what I want. Like, just falling into the kind of mundane and, and just not really being passionate about anything. Okay. I think that's one of my greatest fears. Apart from apart from roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apart from roller coasters. But um, other than that, I, I always fear that that I would be living that way, just just not going after what I want, whether I make it or not. But just not like, for example, tonight I was in the gym and there was there was fifteen players, and some of these players were good level, some were beginner level. And I just really enjoyed. I mean, I just enjoyed myself. I forgot where I was for two hours. You know, I just it was, and that's what I love about life. And I would fear not having that. Hey man, I I, I greatly understand. I mean, I work a nine to five job, and as soon as my nine to five job is over. I'm racing to practice or a skills training yeah. with my group. I know that, but... And I love yeah. it. I mean, it's... I get there, and it's... I'm all in. It's like a second religion, man. I just... It's a natural high. I just love it. Yeah. No, I, I definitely understand that. Yeah. So, if everything was wiped out right now, I mean, I mean, you've done a lot of great stuff. I mean, you, you grew up in Scotland. You played basketball there. You've... You've come to the States, you've won, um, you've had nothing but success. You're training pros, you're training guys from overseas, college kids, high school kids. If everything was wiped out right now, everything with basketball, but you could retain it all, what are three core values going to leave behind? So is that rebuilding everything? Well, you're just, you're, you're basically just leaving. You're, you're kind of going to leave the earth, but you got to leave three core values behind. You're going to write them down. You're going to tell somebody, but you've, you've gained all this knowledge right now through gotcha. basketball. You're going to leave three uh, core values. Uh, number, 
number one is easy because I think of it all the time is, you know, if I was telling someone whether it was my son or somebody, you know, who's following the footsteps, it would, it would be that do not be, a, don't hold back. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and make a mistake or say the wrong thing. I remember when I first started coaching, I was very much that way. And I would definitely say don't because life is so short and people will forget that, those things. You can move on and, and really get what you want, but you just, you can't be afraid to, to hold back or not say in the fear of what, what somebody else thinks or someone may laugh at you or, you know, kind of think you're, think whatever they think. I think number one is just, you, you just, you just have to put it all out there. You got to put it all out there. Okay. Yeah, and I, I mean, two more, I think it's just, number two is probably just stay who you are. Uh, don't worry about what the trends are, what the fads are, or what somebody else is doing. Uh, really just, if you have a vision, and you have something you love to teach or promote or be passionate about, don't care what others are doing. And I think we all fall in those traps. I know when I, you know, when I first started Drills and Skills, um, you know, I would look at other trainers and say, well, you know, how come that person you know, getting this client or getting this sponsorship or doing this, you know, why aren't people seeing me? And once I let go of that, that's where drills and skills really started to grow. Because I wasn't thinking about Paul Easton anymore. I was thinking about my clients and my online viewers, and I was thinking about drills and skills. So I think, you know, not worrying about what others are doing. Just stay focused on, on your grind and your goals. Put the blinders on. Nice. Yeah. And uh, number three, I think just just have fun. I mean, <laughs> you know, whatever you're doing, have fun with it. You know, make it. Don't take yourself too serious. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. Oh, hey, I'm liking that one. Who's your favorite basketball player growing up watching? Uh, growing up, it was uh, Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, Me too. Yeah, no question. And then, and then it was uh, it was Kobe Bryant. Oh, um, Kobe. And, okay. Yeah, and Allen Iverson. Those guys really, uh, really grabbed me. I like those guys. Okay, okay. I was a huge Jordan fan, huge, yeah. and a huge Gary Payton fan. Oh, good. Yep. Well, he, he's from uh, he's from Oakland, right? Yes, he is. Yep, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Now, what is? Your... Was... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. What were you saying? No, I, I was just saying Michael Jordan was was everything for me. I just he was uh, the Bulls. Uh, they were everything for me. Me too, man. I mean, I didn't even have cable, and it was like, dude, Channel Seven came on or in San Diego, and it was like a Sunday religion watching the Bulls play, and we were just we were all glued into the television. So, what is your favorite go-to move playing? Um, I actually love the in and out. Uh, it's so simple. I think you can really sell it, and what I like about it is with the in and out dribble. You, you could just you can really change speed and attack downhill. Um, so the in and out is so simple, so quick, and I could really get into the pull up off it quick as well, which I liked. And then add the counter to it, which is the in and out, and you do a you do a counter cross to it. So in and out, the guy takes you away strong side. You hesitate for a second, and then you can cross back to the other side. Nice. I was always a fan. Loving the heat. Yeah. Loving the heat. My yeah. favorite's the spin yeah. move. I love attacking and spinning. Nice. Yes. Favorite shoe to play in ever? Um, believe it or not, it was the Adidas Superstar Pro Model. Okay. Uh, I think Gilbert Arenas wore them for a long time. 
Um, they were like the Adidas Superstar shoe that Run DMC wore, but it was the athletic version. So it was more of a like a basketball sneaker. I really like those. Right. I think Antoine Walker from the Celtics wore them too. <laughs> okay. Now, yeah. since Jordan was your favorite player, you got to have a favorite MJ shoe. Um, probably the Elevens. Okay. Everybody says the Elevens. Everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm a three I'm a, guy. A three? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like the three. I just the Elevens got it for me. That was a, that was a good era. <laughs> All yeah. right, Coach. Well, hey, um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, um, how would they do that? On um, Instagram, is probably best. It's uh, at Drills and Skills B-Ball. Um, they can shoot me a, a, a direct message, and I usually try and get back to people as, as fast as I can. Um, and, yeah, just go from there. My website is iwantskills.com. Uh, that has my email address on it as well. But probably Instagram is the easiest way to get it. Well, hey, Coach, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for being on Fade Away the Fundamentals. Thank you. I appreciate it very much, man. Thank you so much.